Hello and welcome to Workplace Injury Prevention, a fit-for-work podcast where we bring the power of prevention to you. I'm your host, Mike Wabshaw, Director of Marketing at Fit for Work, excited today to continue our conversation with Dr. Rosandra Daywalker as we talk about the concept of the Total Worker Health Framework. Now, this is a conversation that we are continuing from an earlier episode of the Workplace Injury Prevention Podcast, where we introduced this topic and got into it a little bit. Now, Dr. Daywalker and I will discuss it with a little more thoroughness. I enjoyed this conversation very much with Dr. Daywalker, and I anticipate she'll be a recurring guest on the podcast. For now, though, we want you to enjoy part two of our conversation with Dr. Daywalker. So when, when it comes to Dr. Daywalker, when it, when it comes to wanting to take care of people um, when they're working so that when they're not working, they are able to live their best life, uh, if you will. You know, to me, there's an element of time that um, a time frame that can be applied to this concept. And I think there's different elements, different time frames. And this is what I mean. So we want workers to be healthy. We want the workplace to be a safe place from the start of a shift to the finish of a shift, right? To the conclusion of that shift. You mentioned this uh, in the first part of our conversation where we want you to leave and work healthier, as healthier, healthier than you were when you arrived, right? So from the start of your shift to the finish of your shift. But I think it's also from hire to retire, from the beginning of your career to the end also, yes. right? Yes. And And I think also stepping away from the element of time and the nature of your work. If you're someone lifting boxes on a warehouse floor, or if you are responsible for food service in the cafeteria, the total worker health framework is applicable. And so I think the charge of promoting health and safety within these timeframes and within these varying degrees of responsibility is one that commands attention to multiple factors and demands varying strategies. And, and I think the total worker health framework is attempting to sort of herd all of those factors and all of those strategies um, into one place so they can all be addressed. Yes, I'm so glad you said that. And at first glance, it almost feels or could feel overwhelming if you're somebody in health and safety or on the employer side and you're trying to figure out, okay, where do I start? Mm -hmm. But it's at its core, it is a framework. It is a paradigm shift that says, hey, we can take these different parts and bring them together. And maybe your organization needs more focus on safe lifting techniques. And maybe your organization needs more focus on workplace violence prevention. Sure. Let's yeah. get the right people in the room who have the expertise or who are stakeholders, who have the resources. And let's bring together these resources. Let's bring together the thoughts, the ideas to make sustainable, practical interventions, programs, policies that work. Mm -hmm. Okay. The other thing you mentioned that I think is so amazing. I really like the um, hire to retire, yeah, yeah. right? Because I mean, times, like you said, you talked about the nature of work changing. Oh my goodness. And that's another piece of the total worker health program and office that uh, we look a lot at the future of work, sure, right? Yeah. You'll hear phrases like, you know, we're in the fourth industrial revolution. Mm -hmm. Things are changing. 
Uh, you talked about, you know, beginning to the end of a shift. And we know that that's not always so straightforward, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. right? The lines are so blurred. I use the phrase from when you come to work um, and when you leave work. But for a lot of us, those walls are blurred. Where is work? Yeah. Is Work can be at a building somewhere. It can be in my home office. It can be on the road because I'm driving for a living. Where is work? I mean, so like you said, there's a lot of different components involved. It's, it's not so simple, but it doesn't, it's not me, meant to be scary or overwhelming, but just to say, we've got to rethink this and here's a way to do it. Yep. That's right. We got to rethink this and here's a way to do it. That's exactly what it is. And it's a combination of not reinventing the wheel if you don't have to, but wanting to change with the times, you know, and, and that's what this is all about. There's one other sort of in the weeds thing I want to get to Dr. Daywalker before we sort of wrap this up. Uh, and then I have a sort of a in summary question too, that I can't wait to hear what your answer is. Okay. But the last, <laughs> the last in the weeds thing is, and this is something that I've heard you and Dr. Hoffman uh, speak about, and it's the idea of primary prevention, secondary prevention, and tertiary prevention. And this is sort of speaking to that whole element of time thing again, except this is like in the lifespan of an injury potentially happening or happening. And then what do we do about it? The total worker health framework will address uh, strategies or policies in place that will be of primary prevention. And then it's the secondary prevention where you're a little bit closer to the injury or right after the injury. And then there's the tertiary. Can you sort of explain that concept a little bit? And I know I'm, I'm asking a little bit of an open-ended question. You could probably talk for an hour about just this part of it, but <laughs> absolutely, in, in, briefly, if you could, because this to me is, is a big example of a change or a shift in philosophy and being able to articulate it is going to be important. So primary, secondary, and tertiary prevention. Lovely. So you're speaking to a public health queen in me. <laughs> and um, so that idea of primary, secondary, and tertiary prevention is a cornerstone of public health. And to put it in, in perspective, we think of a primary prevention as those activities that prevent um, an injury or illness from happening in the first place. So in the real world, think of vaccines, okay? Yeah, exactly. Secondary prevention is catching disease or injury early, right as it's happening, you know, emerging from subclinical to clinical. What do I mean? For example, health screenings, okay? Like a blood pressure screen you, at work where, you know, you have no idea, uh, you've never been diagnosed with hypertension, but you go to this health fair and they take your blood pressure and the person says, hey, did you know your blood pressure is a little bit elevated today? Right. And then, mm -hmm. you know, you go and you follow up with your PCP and you find out, oh, my goodness, I know I actually have hypertension. So screenings, that sort of thing. So kind of catching it in its earliest stages so that we can prevent it from progressing even further. And then tertiary prevention. The injury or illness has already occurred. And now we're trying to prevent it from creating long lasting uh, disability or mortality. OK, so sure. this could be like surgery for cancer. Okay, because we're trying to prevent it from metastasizing and creating lifelong disability or death. So in our in our space, what does that look like? So I'll speak specifically from what work steps and fit for work and our partners offer. We approach injury in quite the same way. So we offer services and programs and products that operate in those three sort of frames. 
So on the primary prevention side, we have programs designed to prevent injury from happening in the first place, okay? And then we also have ways to, from a secondary prevention standpoint, to screen and to catch potential injuries early or potential injuries as they're almost occurring from becoming more severe and repetitive and permanent loss, right? Mm -hmm. And then finally, on the tertiary prevention side, we offer services around, okay, um, after an employee has gotten injured or ill on the job, on getting them to the right care, the best care in a time-efficient manner, and making sure that they can get back to work safely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and they don't go back until it is safe. And then when they are back, there's a plan. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, you know, when, when you're putting together a, you're working with a company to put together a, a package of services to promote a culture of safety and, and, and employee morale, you want in an ideal state, a package of policies, a bundle, if you will, which is now being offered that has components or services that fit into each of these columns, primary, secondary, and tertiary. And that is at the heart, I think, of the total worker health framework. So thank you for breaking that down. That's exactly what I was looking for. I think it's a really interesting part of this. And it's it's a great example of something that has always existed in this practice. But with the changing environment, I think it has to be re-looked at and reimagined. And that's what you're studying. And I think that's exactly what you're speaking to. So, okay. So here's the question I couldn't wait to get an answer from you on, Dr. Daywalker. And it is, I want you to come out of the weeds. I just took you in there. So now come out 10,000 foot view. What does this all look like X number of years down the road when in an ideal state, the, this concept is understood, you know, is being enacted? What, in your view, what is that looking like for, for people? That looks like, that's such a good question. Um, The first thing that comes to mind is that it, it looks like water to a fish. Health and safety at work looks like, it will look like water to a fish, meaning that it will be so ingrained. It will be so foundational. It will be the underlying and the overlying method by which we operate. Yeah that we won't even have to notice or be able to pull out specific policies and programs because it's just the way we operate. I love that. We're coming from a people first, a health first, and a safety first mentality. I really love that. And if we get there, Dr. Daywalker, that is just a really great indication for our culture, for whether you're talking about work or whether you're talking about athletics or you know anything, is if that is, I mean, the, the saying is your health is your wealth, right? And your health is your wealth. You know, if this total worker health framework becomes second nature, like water to a fish, that's going to be a very, very good thing for us. And, and frankly, it never should have not been that way. Right. I don't know where it went off the rails, but fine <laughs> folks like you, Dr. Daywalker and Dr. Hoffman are trying to get us back on the rails and we all appreciate it. Absolutely. And so. thank you so much, Wabi. This was a great conversation. As you can imagine, I am so, so, so passionate yeah, about this topic. And so it was really a pleasure to get to talk to you and to really get your amazing insights on it as well. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. I, I don't know how amazing they are, but they come from, <laughs> you know what? It, it's a good yeah. dichotomy for us because 
you, you know, you, you've got me, the marketing guy who doesn't have the medical expertise, but is in this arena listening to you all, you know, mm-hmm. um, so I can bring the perspective of the layman and then bring that to you and, and sort of have you iron it out for us. So it was uh, it was an awesome conversation. I have a feeling that uh, this will not be your last appearance on the injury prevention uh, workplace injury prevention podcast. I'm going to be running you down for another appearance. Okay. Let's go. All right. right. Sounds good. Thank you, Dr. Daywalker. And thank you all for listening to Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast. Please like and subscribe wherever you listen to all of your podcasts. Also, to learn more about Fit for Work and our services, visit our website, wellworkforce.com. And remember, prevention improves lives.